Howdy, folks. Welcome to the premiere episode of Fanbyte News. I am your host, head of Fanbyte Media, John Warren. If this is your first time on the feed, hello. Thank you so much for coming. You might see another show called Fanbyte Daily on the feed that was a short news show I used to do every weekday for quite a while. With this new show, I'll still give you the news of the week while taking you on a tour of fanbyte.com, its excellent staff, and the stories they cover. But first, let's get to the top story of the week. It's almost time for the Jeffies. That's right. The Game Awards announced their nominees for each category Wednesday morning. And while there weren't a ton of surprises, it's still worth looking at what Jeff Keighley and the voters of the Game Awards think are the most representative games of 2020. Yikes. Uh, Among Us, of course, is not a game released in 2020, but it certainly had its cultural moment this year, turning into one of the most played games on the planet and becoming the first game played on Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's Twitch channel. It has been nominated for Best Multiplayer Game alongside Valorant, Fall Guys, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, and Animal Crossing New Horizons. Recent fanby favorite Phasmophobia has been nominated for Best Debut Game from developer Kinetic. It faces some stiff competition from games like Carrion and Mortal Shell. Crusader Kings 3 didn't get in, uh, many nominations despite being one of the best-reviewed games of the year, but it is nominated for Best Sim slash Strategy Game. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Yakuza Like a Dragon, and Spider-Man Miles Morales might have been released in the past week, but they were all good enough and probably played early enough by voters to get nominations in several categories. Yakuza's nomination for Best Role-Playing Game appears alongside one of 2020's big surprises, free-to-play phenomenon Genshin Impact. Of course, all eyes are on the overall Game of the Year award for which there are six nominees. Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Animal Crossing New Horizons, and The Last of Us Part II are all up for the award. Perhaps the biggest surprise here is Doom Eternal, a game that isn't bad by any stretch but left us at fanby.com feeling a bit underwhelmed compared to 2016's predecessor. Hades, Supergiant Games' fourth release, secured seven total nominations, eight if you count Logan, Logan Cunningham's exquisite voice performance as Hades himself. I can tell you now, in no uncertain terms, that you'll be hearing a lot about Hades in our end-of-the-year coverage, but it's pretty refreshing to see a talented indie team's work get recognized at this level. The Game Awards feel every year, even this year, like a celebration of AAA gaming's worst excesses, but it's giving me a bit of hope that a game like Hades has a chance to stand out among the heavy hitters of the mainstream industry. We've had about a week to digest the beginning of next-gen gaming, and I've had a chance to check out games from both the Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5. While a lot of the conversation has understandably focused on major releases like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, the Demon's Souls remake, and Spider-Man Miles Morales, I'd like to take a few moments to recognize some games flying a little under the radar. Astro's Playroom is the pack-in game for the PlayStation 5. Remember pack-in games? You know, back in my day... They used to pack launch games with a console, like a little treat. Anyway, Astro's Playroom is one of those. The game has received plenty of attention for being a high-quality showcase of the PlayStation 5 DualSense controller, and yes, it really is a great showcase for it. The haptics and the adaptive triggers are in full display here, setting a bar that I would argue is probably way too high for other developers to follow. But still, 
Uh, what's also impressive to me is the theme park design of Astro's Playroom, which is essentially a tour of PlayStation history disguised as an extremely competent 3D platformer. Collecting artifacts from Sony's past and seeing little robots dressed as Dante from Devil May Cry is delightful. Astro's Playroom isn't the only great 3D platformer exclusive to PlayStation that came out this week. Sackboy A Big Adventure is a new little big planet game without the creation suite stuff Media Molecule pumped into this year's PS4 game Dreams. Sumo Digital did the development on Sackboy, and wow, they've had a great year between this and the Sega Saturn-inspired Hot Shot Racing. Sackboy is a very adventurous platformer with a beautiful soundtrack and whimsical design, and it probably won't be on anyone's radar in three months, but if you need something cute and chill to play, it's tough to not recommend it. If you want something a bit more contemplative, then check out The Pathless. A, the new game from Abzu developer Giant Squid. Not only can you hang out with a cool eagle the entire game, you get to pet the eagle too. I'm only a couple hours into the game, and while I think it has probably shown me all it has to show me regarding the gameplay loop, the open, mysterious world is well-designed enough that I'm probably in it for the long haul. Well, one of the blessings of next-gen starting is being able to see those bits and bytes in perfect 4K harmony. Um, I don't have a good TV to do that, as it turns mm -hmm. out. And so I I turned to resident uh, technology expert Nicholas Grayson. Hello. Hi, that's me. Um, for some advice. And you wrote a piece about oled tvs two suggestions to make to me but i i guess i want to ask I, you should go check that out on fanbite.com by the way um but i guess i want to ask you why do i care about oled oh okay so you want if you're gonna spend a million dollars or however much a playstation 5 costs i wouldn't know because they won't sell me one um you're gonna want all of the pixels to look good right you're not gonna want to just plug this into the into the tv that you've got in your mom's living room right because like that's that's kind of purpose built for showing like Despicable Me and kind of that's it. Just like that's kind of all it's been tuned for. I wish you wouldn't attack my mother quite like this. <laughs> but but yeah, yeah, you're right, though. You're right. I wouldn't want to use my parents TV. to do You wouldn't want to use that TV. You kind of want to use the the best television that you can possibly get that will do a very good job uh, when it isn't playing video games. Right. Uh, and when it is playing video games, you want it to have versatility. You never want to buy a thing that's only going to do one thing well. Right. That that makes sense. So when it, when it comes time for me to go to one of those big box stores, I mm -hmm. went to a Best Buy recently, and boy, they just have like a big wall of those big TVs. Yeah. And they all and look the same, don't they? they? They more or less look the same. You have to look closer, and you see things like LED. You see things like QLED. You mm -hmm. see things like OLED. Mm -hmm. um, and, and why do I want, you know, the LED ones, those are in a price range that I would say are reasonable. Right. But why do I want to why do I want to spend that extra money? Does is it really going to make a difference and how does it make a difference? So the thing that you can get with OLED that you is physically impossible with LEDs is an infinite contrast ratio, which is to say that the blacks are are black 
because the pixels are off. So when Whereas, you when you say that, you mean it's the TVs that I own that I'm currently having a problem with. When something is black, it's really a gray. It's really a gray that the TV is actively trying to emulate black. Mm, okay. And then there's a light behind, depending on the television setup, there is some sort of light behind the pixels that is uh, making them show up to you. So they're always right. going to be not perfect black because light has to come through them at some mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Okay. With an OLED, the the current runs through the pixel itself and there's no light. So the pixel is only lit up when a color is there. Wow. So if it's displaying black, then the pixel just it's doesn't just come off. off. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So are, are OLEDs more like efficient then? Because if they're not displaying certain pixels at certain times to, to, to display black, are these supposed to last a long time? These OLED TVs? I mean, I don't know. I guess. Yeah. Maybe they haven't it's, been around it, long enough. It's yeah. They're, they're like the average length of a television, like the average light length of life of a television in the States, I think is like 12 years or okay. something. And OLED, I almost definitely pulled that number out of my ass, but it feels okay. right. Um, but OLEDs have only been around for like five okay. and the first few OLEDs were really bad. So okay. like, it's kind of hard to tell. Uh, now what's the also, difference, like, what's the difference what? between a QLED and an OLED? Uh, QLED is bullshit marketing. Okay. Speak. Okay. So same with like S LED or like whatever okay. the f- Samsung says theirs okay. is called. Um, there's just called something bullshit. weird. Yeah, it's. It, I saw it yesterday, and I was like, "This seems fake." Okay. Yeah, it's. It is fake. It's okay. not real. Okay. Okay. So you recommended two TVs to me. One is a TCL six series. Now TCL mm-hmm. is that a good brand? I don't know. Yeah, that okay. all they make is TVs, and I guess they technically own BlackBerry. I oh, guess wow. they make a lot of stuff. It's just okay. like a big Chinese multi. Um, multi-hyphenate company that just makes okay. a bunch of shit. And but the thing that they make the most is TVs. And their boxes typically, well, I don't know about typically, but a lot of them come bundled with Roku, correct? Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> See, as a Roku user, that is exciting to me, but I understand that not everyone's a big big fan of Roku. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the, the, the big boy you recommended is mm-hmm. a, the LG CX OLED, yeah. which comes in a few different sizes the uh, largest available on Jeff's big store uh, costs currently $3,500. Yeah, not on sale anymore. Not on sale anymore. The, the, uh, <laughs> the, the 65 inch is 1900 The 55 is Also not on sale anymore. None of these are on sale anymore. Um, they were so much sale. cheaper when they I were, wrote this. They were a lot cheaper, yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, maybe don't check out the article unless you just want to know which ones to get <laughs> and not what the what the price actually is. Okay. So if I get one of these things, um mm-hmm. what about Hertz? What about FPS? Like are these gonna do the things that the next gen systems are actually about? Yeah, so what you want on a television if you're buying it specifically for uh, a video game box, one of the new ones, is that yeah. you want it to be able to actually output the number of frames the box can output. Now, no video game that came out in the last month 
that runs on the Xbox Series X to the PlayStation 5 hit to 120 frames a second. That's just not, they don't do that they yet. They just don't, yeah. Um, they all kept at it 60 frames per second, which is fine. Every TV basically can run at 60 frames per second. Okay. What you want is to, I hate this word, but future-proof the purchase, which is to say that you want it to be able to support 120 hertz, which okay. in theory is what these consoles will start hitting probably in a couple of years. Okay. So kind of like when everyone bought a 3D TV thinking that that was going to be kind of correct. Yeah. Uh, don't uh, buy a 3D TV or a curve. I don't think they even sell curve. Remember I don't curve think they TVs? Do. I do. I do remember them. Yeah. God. Yeah. yeah those were what cursed. a stupid trend. Yeah. It was pretty bad. Um, okay. Well, that's cool. What if I can't afford these? It is. Is my that's fine. Is my, Just don't is, buy a TV. Is my mom's TV going to at least look okay? Yeah, it's going to be fine. Oh, okay. Right. You don't have to. Like, if you like the way that your TV looks right now and yeah. uh, you're okay with that, then just keep the one you have. Hmm. All right. Well, that's like, no one's making you buy a new TV. Uh, well, I don't I don't know. Your article kind of said John has to buy a new TV. <laughs> well, yeah, that's over different. and over and over again. OK, Nikki, thanks for uh, thanks for your insight. And anytime. Uh, yeah. If you want to go check out that uh, great TV article, just don't pay attention to any of the price information because it's outdated but well uh, no i didn't luckily i didn't put any dollar signs in here <laughs> that's true uh but yeah go check that out uh fanbyte.com and uh yeah thanks nikki you're welcome with covid cases surging around the country movie studios are again staring right down the barrel of figuring out what to do about theatrical releases this summer's Tenet failed to break even at the box office when you factor in marketing costs, and director Chris Nolan's deal was a first-dollar gross deal, meaning he receives a cut of the box office revenue before the studios turn a profit on the deal. One of those studios is Warner Brothers. Perhaps sensing a bleak winter could spell disaster for one of the company's tentpole films, Warner announced on Wednesday that Wonder Woman 1984 will still release on December 25th theatrically, but will also debut the same day on the HBO Max streaming service at no additional cost to subscribers. The newest DC Extended Universe film will be on the streaming service for one month before disappearing. You have to think it will be back on HBO Max sooner than later since it's the home for the DE DCEU. Seems like a smart move from Warner to drive subs to a streaming service struggling to find an identity beyond the streaming service with HBO stuff on it, as well as smart for you, dear listener, to drop the money on an HBO Max sub for a month instead of going to a movie theater in the middle of a pandemic. Wonder Woman 1984 is in the odd position of leading into the release of a film that has technically been released before in the Justice League Though the Snyder cut of the film appears to be almost completely different than what came out a few years ago. We'll see how one plays into the other soon enough. You know, when I look at the strangest stories that happen in gaming, uh, usually my next guest is not too far away. It's featured contributor Natalie Flores. Hello, Natalie. Hi, John. How are you today? <laughs> I'm okay. Um, this past weekend, we saw some weird stuff with some voice actors. Yeah. I, I, mm -hmm. I kind of showing their uh, their uh, their hindquarters online about some stuff. Do you want to tell us about that? It was kind of a weird weird day. Yeah. So uh, my cat had just 
promptly come into the room to make sure that she's here for the discussion. Oh, good. Um, so, yeah, this weekend was a weird one for the voice acting industry, as you can hear my cat perhaps in the background. <laughs> Your cat's uh, auditioning for the roles that these <laughs> actors might have lost. Yeah, this yeah, yeah. Because um, <laughs> at least... At least one of these, I think, would, um, it's contentious to say the least as to whether they will reprise their roles in the future. Um, but over the weekend, uh, we learned that, well, there are three different voice actors that got into controversies. So I guess I'll start with the smallest one. Uh, Karen Strassman, the voice actor for, I guess, in Persona 3, Nanako in Persona 4, on in Fire Emblem Three Houses. Find the Zero Escape series, just a really well-known actress. Uh, fans found on November 15 that she consistently likes tweets from Donald Trump and Donald Trump Jr. Ah, uh, that what she's a, what tweeted a, what against a time to be into that. Yeah, uh, anti-fascism, and has liked tweets saying that the virus was manufactured in an election year. So uh, people took notice of this and understandably more than understandably uh took issues and screenshotted these tweets um so this is by far not the worst uh controversy (laughs) that a voice actor got involved in um this weekend so this past weekend rather um so let's move on to james arnold taylor uh, well-known for voicing ratchet and ratchet and clank uh titus and final fantasy X. Obi-Wan and all the Star Wars animation and video games medias and uh, he got into a controversy because his profile was found on Parlor, uh, which Ivanka Trump has just joined as of yesterday coincidentally. Uh, par- uh. Parlor is a right-wing social media platform. Uh, people took notice of the fact that he had echoed, which is sort of like the retweet version like on Twitter. Uh, he had echoed posts with headlines like Twitter shuts down account of Chinese professor Li Mingyan, who has evidence China created the coronavirus in a lab. Uh, and also echoed a post saying, if you don't think you'll be watching the NFL for a while, and attached to that was a picture of players kneeling, please echo this post and with the American flag <laughs> emoji. Uh, so so real, real <laughs> normal stuff, huh? Yeah, and uh, James Arnold Taylor responded to these uh, things directly. Um, So uh, in one tweet, he says uh, to the tweet that shares the the sort of thread on Reset Era, where a lot of the discussion for this took place, he wrote, please feel free to contact me to discuss where you got this misinformation. I am deeply saddened to see this slander of me. I am not a political person and don't appreciate this at all. In another tweet, he wrote, I am extremely saddened to see this absolute false claim being made about me. Anyone can look at my Parlor account and see Parlor account and see that I post the same things I post here and my other social media platforms. Which even if you um, try to give him the benefit of the doubt, one has to wonder why he has an account on Parlor after all. Um, it is yeah. a right-wing social media but, I mean, par- Parlor is so. really a direct result of uh, right-leaning folks thinking that they're being censored on Twitter, which is hilarious because I, I, they're some of the last people on earth that uh, face uh, this kind of uh, claim to censorship. Um, but Twitter has made, I guess, recently the – uh, way too late, but I, I think pretty good choice to start 
flagging tweets that are you know genuinely full of misinformation and dangerous mm-hmm. information and things like that. So a lot of folks flock to this new platform, which is basically like the right wing version of Mastodon, uh, which people, which, uh, which, uh, you know, I'll join once a year every time uh, Jack decides not to uh, ban Nazis from Twitter or whatever. Or um, introduce fleets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll just, I'll bounce over to Mastodon for a, about a week and then I'll come back to Twitter. But Parler is really a place where, it seems like a lot of folks have been emboldened to say some uh, untrue and also completely uh, dangerous, crappy stuff. So, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. some and context. So some some people are trying to give the benefit of the doubt by saying, you know, maybe he joined before it became a huge right wing conservative um, media site for people to congregate there, but. One has to wonder why he has the account on there still at all, and it is definitely upsetting. Um, I did laugh, though, at a a tweet someone replied with saying, Titus has never been closer to Waka. (laughs) 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 So uh, that was... That was amusing in the midst of in the midst of the disappointment of seeing a voice actor that, you know, has has just seemed like an all right dude, chill dude. Um, You know, that's that's just really disappointing. Um, But even more egregious than this is the case of Quentin Flynn, who is best known for voicing Axel and Kingdom Hearts and Reno in Final Fantasy VII. Um, he was accused of grooming over the weekend, so this got attention on the same day that the James Arnold Taylor and Karen Strassman things went around, which was around like on Saturday. Um, but this was originally posted on November 12th, so it only really started to get traction about like two days later. Um, but there is an account on Twitter, uh, the Username is Beware Q Flynn. That's Flynn with Y and N at the end. And it uh, directly mentions the Kingdom Hearts Twitter and says the English voice actor for Axel is an absolute creep who preys on his fan base through social media. Uh, and attached to the tweet is a YouTube video, which is basically an audio recording um, where he says so some really, um, <laughs> really gross things, um, really sexual, really explicit things in response to a female fan sending him ASMR videos. And the account has been active ever since it's got traction. At the moment that we're recording this, it has 3.4 thousand likes and 1.8 thousand quote tweets and 2,000 retweets. Uh, So it's gotten a lot of attention. Uh, Many women since then have either messaged the account or replied directly to that viral tweet, responding with uh, their stories, their screenshots of Quentin Flynn just uh, utilizing what seems to be that he is utilizing his position of fame and power um, to talk to girls and women, some who had just turned 18 at the time that they were talking, and this is something that uh, he knew. Uh, there's actually one reply in the thread with a photo um, by someone named Lala Cosplay, so that's 
Lala, K-O-S-P-L-Y. She replies to the tweet thread saying, Anime North 2018, I was 17. I went in for a goodbye hug. Anime North uh, 2018, I was 17. I went in for a goodbye hug and he took my face and kissed me on the mouth instead. Although I was technically of legal age in my country, he didn't know my age either. This is actually on video and attached is a photo of Quentin Flynn kissing her on the mouth. Um, so this feels very reminiscent of what happened with Vic Minoga just a few months or years back. Um, sure. And so I, I'm very disappointed. Um, some of his behavior has been alleged to be going around and being talked around in, among circles since 2014. So um, if so, I'm I'm happy that things have finally come to light and that uh, this has gone in tension. And I, I strongly hope that Kingdom Hearts divorces itself from him because you can't control what the people involved in your projects do, but you can control how you decide to react to major controversies like this. And I, sure. I would really think it would be a much worse look for Kingdom Hearts to still work with Quentin Flynn, despite how beloved his characters may be. Um, that doesn't take importance over the fact that these are victims and specifically young women who have been, uh, you know, uh, preyed upon and who are coming out with their stories of uh, just really uncomfortable experiences, to say the least. Sure, and it, it it also kind of reminds me of the uh, the news that came down, uh, I believe this morning about the the Ubisoft director uh, for uh, Skull and Bones being removed from a position uh, as they continue to, um, you know, kind of clean house for a lot of the same kinds of things, which is obviously too late and too, uh, you know, not not a super efficient way to clean house, and it should have been done a long time ago with internal investigation but um yeah this is going to continue i mean don't you think like around the industry and around many industries i mean you can see how connected all of these industries are with voice acting and um and all that stuff so do do you anticipate that you know obviously uh there, there are levels of egregiousness here as you alluded to i mean do you anticipate james arnold taylor being uh uh you know punished for any of this stuff or do you think this is maybe not um, you know, a, a punishable mm-hmm. offense. It's hard to say, um, yeah. especially because the industry is so secretive, the games sure. industry at large and the voice acting industry, especially. Um, it might result in less work, um, but he is a beloved voice actor. So uh, yeah. one has to wonder if it'll really affect his work. Um, he, I, I, I hope he... Yeah, I hope he recognizes, even though he hadn't already, that Parlor is just a really terrible platform to be on, and it it does communicate. Um, it communicates something about you if you're on there. Um, yeah. And I I hope that. I I hope that you know it, it seems worse than it is, but sure. it, it's just it, it is dejecting because you especially as a person of color, you kind of wonder like, oh, does this 
cool, chill dude who voice acts, uh, voice acts <laughs> characters that I really like. Uh, are they, you know, into conservative and white supremacist politics? Yeah, because um, those and- <laughs> those lines are getting blurrier and blurrier and blurrier just in terms of, you know, if you espouse at least a, a fraction of that conservative ideology, you're really kind of uh, leaning all the way into a lot of the, the more obvious white supremacy uh rhetoric that is uh so prevalent with that side of things right now so really tough to separate those things so i you know yeah, i agree it's pretty dejecting to see someone kind of say oh well it's not it's not about all of this stuff when um most of your fans can see that it kind of is about yeah. all of that stuff so yeah. um tough stuff weird weekend for all that stuff to come out but uh I, I'd appreciate you shedding some light on it. There was a, a lot of detail there I didn't know. So thank you for no, filling me in. Thank you for having me on your new segment. Thanks, Natalie. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll see you again soon. Yeah. Now it's time for a segment I like to call They Didn't Send Us a Code. <laughs> Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity comes out this Friday, November 20th for Nintendo Switch. It's a Musou game that takes place 100 years before the events of Fanbyte's game of the last decade, Breath of the Wild, and reviews drop for the game on Wednesday morning. IGN's Cam Shea is quite fond of Age of Calamity, noting the game's, quote, varied roster of characters, solid combat mechanics, fun progression, and clever adaptation of Breath of the Wild's vision of Hyrule, end quote, as reasons it deserves a 9 out of 10 on their scale. Nadia Oxford, over at US Gamer, also liked the game, declaring it has, quote, a lot of content for starved fans of Breath of the Wild, end quote. That sounds like me. Uh, By the way, shouts to the entire remaining U.S. Gamer crew who announced they're being laid off at the end of the year. What a talented group. I really hope everyone finds a new great gig soon. Uh, Ash Parrish over at Kotaku had my favorite review of the day. Despite her stance that the game doesn't stick the landing on a lot of the concepts it sets up and asserts that folks looking for a, quote, meaningful addition to Breath of the Wild's canon can skip this game, end quote. She does emphasize that you can play as Lady Urbosa, though, which might be reason enough to pick up the game later this week. Finally, if you're unfamiliar with the name Zelina Vega, you're probably not a recent consumer of World Wrestling Entertainment weekly televised content. I wouldn't blame you for not checking in on this depressing husk of a wrestling organization. Vega, whose real name is Thea Trinidad, was released from her contract this week after a lengthy struggle with WWE over supplemental income. On-screen talent for WWE are independent contractors, meaning they're not entitled to employment benefits or certain protections typically afforded to salaried employees. WWE performers are responsible for surprising things like booking their own hotels and rental cars and driving themselves from show to show. There is nothing illegal about WWE contractors using their real names and likenesses to make supplemental income on the side, which many performers have done over the past few years, like Xavier Woods, 
with his YouTube channel, Up, Up, Down, Down. Recently, however, WWE announced it would be shutting down or taking control of talent accounts that legally use real names and likenesses to generate supplemental income. This has been an unpopular decision with some talent like WWE's Paige and more recently Zelina Vega, who herself has a popular Twitch channel. Vega recently opened an account with OnlyFans, and according to WWE, this was the breach of contract that led to her release. Ten minutes before WWE tweeted about the release, Vega tweeted on her own account, quote, I support unionization, end quote. Unionizing has long been a taboo subject for WWE brass and chairman Vince McMahon, who is notorious for stamping out labor movements within his locker rooms. He appears to be tightening his grip on the slippery contractor status of his workers right now. The workers, for what it's worth, appear to have more leverage uh, to properly organize and change things than ever before. With a larger online platform, competitors in the wrestling space that aren't doing as many terrible things as fast, like All Elite Wrestling, and the fact that WWE simply doesn't have the cultural cachet it used to. For example, reports dropped on Wednesday that WWE performer Sasha Banks did not land her role on Disney's The Mandalorian as a result of her wrestling work, but rather an appearance on Hot Ones, the talk show where guests eat hot chicken wings while answering questions. The times, they are a changin'. Zelina Vega, for her part, returned to her Twitch channel she shares with her husband and current WWE performer Aleister Black to large audiences and well wishes upon her dismissal from the company. A lot of third-party accounts have been seized and stopped as a result of this WWE crackdown, but it remains to be seen if the pushback from workers like Vega is a blip or a trend. Hey, that's our show for this week. I want to thank Nicholas Grayson and Natalie Flores for chatting with me and producer Jordan Mallory for some key quality adjustments for this week's show. You can find me at Floppy Adult on Twitter. If you have questions about the news or my dogs or anything else going on at Fanbyte, please hit me up there. Maybe I'll answer your question on next week's episode. Please check out our other great podcasts at fanbyte.com slash podcasts. You can show your love for this show by subscribing and leaving a sweet review. Until next week, y'all take it easy.